Welcome to the Condor Climbing Cast. This is episode two. Today we're going to be talking about the BRAVE method. So what is BRAVE? Well, the definition of BRAVE is to endure or face unpleasant conditions without showing fear. So, BRAVE is an acronym I created probably two years ago to remind climbers and also just people in general to um, go through the motions to become more present again. So it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a mantra, but that's kind of, hmm, it definitely is kind of a mantra, but brave is an acronym. So B is breathe. R is reset. A is assess. V is visualize. And E is express. So why, why have this acronym? Um, I, I created it because I felt like there wasn't anything out there to bring me through the important steps to become more present again. Um, there's mantra based meditations. Um, there's a lot of techniques that are out there, um, to be more present such as meditation. Um, but there's not something that you can go back to that I think works through the hierarchy of kind of needs um, to bring you back. So the first time I noticed how important, well, let's, let's go. So the application and the actual deeper meaning of it. So let's start with breath B. Now, the first time I noticed how important breath was in climbing was when, um, I've, I was a coach of a climbing team for about three, three ish years. And I noticed, I mean, a lot of the kids would get afraid, especially when they would lead climb. Some kids would also climb very stiff, um, kind of shaky and forced. And I decided one day with one of the kids to just have him focus on his breath and that's it. And I noticed like a, like a switch had flipped. He moved, he moved differently. His confidence was, his confidence seemed higher. His moves didn't seem forced. There was show, there was no shakiness. There was just a confidence and kind of an ease about his movement. And it was, it was one of the best I'd ever seen him climb. And I talked to him afterwards and he was like, yeah, I just focused on my breath and I, I like something felt different and I could see that. I literally could see that something was different. Um, and that day we were bouldering. I had another instance where, um, I was coaching one of the older girls on a lead climb and we kind of went through, we talked about breathing. I told her on this go, 
focus on your breath. And she red pointed one of the hardest lead climbs she'd ever climbed. And when I lowered her down, I asked her what she was focusing on. And she said, my breath. She was almost crying. And it just seemed, yeah, there's, there's power in the breath. And it's, it's something that you can always come back to, which I think is, is so important. And that's why it's number one um, on the acronym, because breath is the first thing you always need to come back to. So after kind of seeing that, after diving into the breath, kind of started to think about the gears of breath. So what the hell does that even mean? It's a good question. <laughs> I think there are different stages of breathing. I mean, that's probably an obvious statement, but I think we can kind of categorize them into three main levels. So the first level is a deep meditative breath. So this breath is the most restful breath. It allows for full release of tension. Um, it's kind of your aerobic breath too. Now, the word nirvana actually means let go. And I found that with the breath, especially this deep meditative breath, it's a really great way to let go of tension. And then we've got stage two, or gear two, which is your explosive, powerful breath. It's kind of your faster pace climbing. Um, it's how you cut down on hesitation. Um, it's your anaerobic system. So it's kind of when you're working through, when you, you're working in a lack of oxygen. Um, this breath is, is really good for moving a little bit quicker, kind of your tempo, which we'll talk about a little bit more in a second. And then you've got your third gear. Your third gear is loud and it's proud. It's your warrior's cry. Um, it helps you push through pain it really retightens that core after you pull a big move and your feet go blasting out behind you. It helps you tighten that core and bring your feet back. Uh, I think this, this third gear almost needs to be unlocked. I see, I see a, quite a hesitancy in, in um, letting people hear your struggle a little bit and letting screams out and just kind of yeah, being loud and proud. But I think it's important to be able to unlock that because I've seen I've seen pretty miraculous stuff happen um, when someone decides to uh, fully let it rip. Okay, and sorry, I was like I was focused on how corny "let it rip" sounded, and I lost my train of thought. But anyways. <laughs> So tempo, what is tempo? I see tempo as movement combined with breath. So it's kind of like the relationship of your breath with movement. That's tempo. That's why that explosive, that gear two is so good for like powerful overhung climbs because the hesitation just gets cut down to almost zero and you're just, you're moving. A common reminder that I have for a lot of students too in that regard is you're always either moving, resting, or hesitating. 
So especially on overhung terrain, consider those three because you're always doing one of the three. You don't want to be hesitating because you're just wasting energy. Now, keeping consistent breath leaves room for intuition. It gets you out of that cerebral, like thought controlled climbing. You're not you're not thinking about what you're doing. You're you're executing because you're in your body and not your head. So breath is really important in that regard. Um, it all it allows, and in that regard, it allows you to be um, presently aware. So now, when you're off a climb, you can read your beta. You can figure out what you need to do. You can assess risks. But when you're on the climb, you need to be present in what you're doing. So staying consistent with your breath allows that to happen. Okay, so after breath, the next one is going to be reset. So really the application here is with posture. So it's standing up straight with your shoulders back, confident. Now there's a mental trick that if you actually stand up straight, get your shoulders back, get that chest up, it'll actually make you more confident. So even that, practicing that in itself will give you a little bit more confidence. So that's that's the practical application. So before you climb, get that confident, posture up during a climb when you hit that rest position reset take that breath let that breath out weight your feet straighten your arms and get into that straight arm reset position so you can kind of start to get some back i think a big part of the idea of resetting too is kind of a meta approach to it and it's it's resetting your mental process before you start so that could mean talking through your emotions that you're going through before you climb with with your climbing partner if they're um, if they're willing to listen or just literally talking out loud to yourself and kind of seeing where you're at resetting is also starting from zero before you climb so that means If you're looking at your project and it gets your heart rate up, you need to take a couple breaths and be able to start from zero. Let's go back real quick to the idea of letting that tension go. So I've noticed it's really helpful for when you arrive at a rest position, when you're lead climbing, to hit that reset button. So you get the breath going. Straighten the arms, settle under the feet, and now you're ready to actually rest. You can actually let go of that tension now. Also with reset, I see a lot of frustration with climbers, especially on difficult climbs or projects. And a lot of... uh, a lot of that kind of frustration seems to stem from 
feeling like you deserve it. Like, man, I've been working on this climb for a long time. I deserve to do this. Or like, I fell there and that was a fluke. But I think it's really important to reset and come back to the gratitude and the curiosity. Because the gratitude is going to bring you back to why you're actually doing it because you love it and it's awesome. And the curiosity is going to keep that intuitive mind working, especially when you're trying to solve problems, which is very helpful and avoids a lot of those frustrations. Now, another idea of the reset is setting your intentions. So when you come in for a climbing session, it's like, well, what am I up to here? What do I want to accomplish? Um, where am I at? The last part of the reset is separating from your grade-based identity. We talked about that a little bit for breaking a plateau in the first episode, but I think this is very important um, in the idea of resetting is separating from that grade-based identity so you can kind of move past that and and just keep moving forward. Okay, so we're breathing, we're resetting. Now we're going to go through what assess means. So the practical application of the assessment is where is your tension being held? It's kind of doing those body scans. You might have heard about body scans through meditation practices, but basically it's the idea of starting at the top of your head and slowly working your awareness down to your toes. And you're kind of getting a read on where that tension is, how your body's doing, just kind of where you're at. Now, the first two steps, the breathe and reset, are very important here because you can't be in your body if you're not first engaged with your breath. So we get that breath going, we get that posture reset. Now we can actually start to do our body assessment. So the body scan is something you can actively practice. I would, one way to practice it is uh, practice resting um, for long periods of time on like positive holds. Go on a slight overhang and go to a jug and see how long you can just sit there and breathe and try to relax and shake out and manage that tension. Just kind of work on that. Engage with your body and, you know, just sit. See how long you can just sit. I think you'd be surprised, even on a positive hold, how difficult it will be at first. So try it. Try that, try that exercise. Um, another good one to kind of push yourself is called a pump gun. That's what I like to call it. So um, you're lead climbing when you do it, but you're going to start at, you're going to climb up to the first draw, clip, and then down climb to the start. And then you're going to repeat the same thing. Don't go to the ground. You stay on the wall. Go up to the second draw, clip, down climb to the start, and so on. So this is going to teach you, even if it's a 
relatively easy climb when you're doing it on an on an overhang you're going to get fatigued you're going to hit that hypertrophic state you're going to get pumped um, so this will help you navigate that and it'll force you to rest to be able to finish the exercise so that's a pretty it's a pretty good one to practice um another aspect of it is and this can be before you even start a climbing session um, or just before a climb, but it's the pre, the during, and post-climb body assessment. So say we're going to do, let's talk first about um, like the start of a session. So you set your intention. Now you're scanning around and you're seeing, you know, before this session, based on my intention, how do I feel right now? How am I actually feeling? Because a lot of times we dig into the data and the thought aspects, but we forget about the feeling. Like, where are you at right now? How do you feel? So start there. And then during the session, kind of take note of, of how you feel. This can either just be, you know, taking note or actually like write it down, write down how you feel during the session. And then the post session, you know, based on how you started and how you felt during the session, how, how do you feel now that you're, that you're done with the session? Where are you at now? The same thing can be applied to um, before a climb. So b before a climb, assess and be honest. Do you, excuse me, are you actually ready to go or do you need more time? Do you need rest? And then the during, you know, the during is going to be get to the rest hold and go through your breathe, go through your reset. And then you kind of see it's like, okay, you know, I got some time here. I can rest on this hold. Don't rush it. Just take your time. Actually pay attention to where that tension's coming from. Don't just do that like, Three, sec three second, shake out, chalk up, pat, keep moving. Actually, pause, take pause, at least for three good breaths. Just take note. Just a little rest can go a long way, especially on a really difficult climb. A lot of times we'll just get to a rest and we'll just fly past it because we don't think we need it. But, you know, take stock for a second and appreciate that how positive that hold is compared to the rest of the climb this also includes the idea of assessment also includes the observer so the observer will, I'll talk about in the mindfulness training quite a bit but it's the idea of observing and just assessing if thoughts come up and just coming back to the body and not judging them because i i know it's really easy to get to a rest because i've felt this before too it's like you just cruise through you're just swimming through holds you get to this giant rest hold and then your brain is just it just freaks out you're like oh my god I'm here. There's one more crux before the finish. 
I'm going to do this. And then you start thinking about everything at once instead of focusing on where you're at in your body and trying to get that rest back before you pull that crux. So with the assessment, we're going to be able to be the observer and come back to our body when our mind starts wandering, because now we have the tools of the breath, we have the tools of the reset, and now we can start working on that body assessment. Now, the last bit with assessment is actually thinking about and assessing your wants and needs in training. Those are very different things. Your wants are a little bit more ego-driven, which, you know, we need a little bit of that. That's okay. It makes you strive. But you got to make sure to not forget about your needs. And part of this body assessment, especially the pre-session assessment, is like, what is your plan for the day? And does that align with what you actually need? Really think about that because, you know, I think climbers are especially guilty of that, of, of pushing through the pain because, you know, we're used to, you know, a little bit of pain. A lot of holds hurt. But we got to make sure that we do that assessment and make sure that it aligns with what we actually need. Sweet. So that's assess. Now we're going to move on to visualize. So we're breathing. We're resetting. We're assessing. Now we're ready to visualize. So visualize kind of comes in as it's kind of the question of what's next. Because you're in a rest position. You've reset. You've gone through your body assessment. And now you can actually scan your surroundings and figure out, well, what's happening now? It also involves reading a climb. Now, reading a climb really is like a conversation. I know that sounds like super new age, kind of, yeah, kind of sounds new age. It's like, you know, just, just like have a conversation with the climb, man. Just like, just listen to what it's telling you. But seriously, do that. It's very helpful, especially in the gym. Think about think about what the setter is trying to tell you. Think about what the setter is trying to accomplish with that climb. Just by looking and kind of asking yourself questions, you can kind of start to get into the head of the setter. It's like, what are they trying to accomplish here? What are they trying to challenge me with here? What are the hold positions telling me? What is the chalk telling me? What is the rubber telling me? All of those things are going to dictate how to actually approach the climb. And as far as approaching a climb, especially a project, I like to use the three-step, kind of the three-step adventure to projecting. (laughs) We're going to call this Condor's three-step adventure to projecting. It is discover, strategy, solution. So discover, that's what we were kind of just talking about. Discover is taking stock of the risks 
that you see. Now in a gym, there's not going to be usually a, a lot of the same risk as when you're climbing outside, but you know, it's still, it's still good to look at a climb and be like, is this climb, if there is like bits of risk on certain clips or certain parts, it's like decide there if it's worth doing because when you're on the climb is not a good time to decide that you're you're not you're not into it discovery is also when you're having that conversation with either yourself or kind of trying to have that conversation with the setter not really i mean you could but just thinking about what they're trying to do with the climb and thinking about you know your resting positions usually you can dictate your resting positions based on clips um, you can start thinking about where the chalk is to indicate where to place your thumb and that tells you what hand you can use um, you can start seeing where the feet are which oftentimes tells you where your body needs to be um, there's a lot of things that you can go through during that discover stage really try to pick out the crux sequence so you can know that you need to turn it on especially when you get there because it's hard to go into a crux sequence too relaxed if you go into a crux sequence too relaxed you're it's a lot easier to blow it than if you go into it overly amped and then you can come back a little bit because you'll if you're over amped you'll probably stick the move and then you can just bring it back a little bit. But if you go into a crux sequence too relaxed, you know, you might not you might not be able to hold on to the holds. You might not be ready for what's for what's coming. Now, after you go through the discovery stage, next up is the strategy stage. So this is after you've probably tried the climb a couple times. Now we can actually start to divide the climb up into different sections usually separated by clips oftentimes or you can separate it by clear uh, cruxes so maybe it's like you're climbing a 512d that's like 511a into a v6 crux or something like that so or like a v5 crux or something like that so now with the strategy we're we're actually trying to break that climb apart and figure out how we can make it happen. So now we can apply those strategies. We can repeat the climb a couple more times. And then once you're able to get through the e each section by itself, well, now you're ready for solution stage. So with your solution stage, you're ready to try to make links. So making links is basically trying to put those different pieces together into one fluid climb. Um, so this is when, so the solution stage, especially is when you're really diving into the nitty gritty, you're figuring out the micro beta, you know, you're figuring out the little bits and pieces that are gonna give you just enough to finish the climb. Now, this next part is something that I've been, been experiencing experimenting lately with visualizing and it, I like to call it dramatic visualization and that is before you climb now 
here. This is a this is a good example. So if you guys haven't seen it, watch the video of Adam Andra climbing silence, and you'll see kind of what I mean by a example of dramatic visualization. It's when you're trying to move your body and visualize is it specifically and accurately as you can before you climb. So if your climb's super overhung, you may need to lay on your back and get kind of weird with it and really emulate what you're about to do. Because the more accurately you visualize, the better it's going to assist you for the actual climb itself. Dramatic visualization also includes going through the breath patterns that you're going to do on the climb while you're visualizing. That adds another layer that if you have your breath down, that's a that's a big that's going to be a big difference. Huge difference. The last bit with visualize is visualizing success first. So just not just believing that you can actually do it and seeing yourself do it. Like visualizing yourself actually doing the climb is a big part of of being successful and, and pushing the envelope continually with climbing, especially for yourself. All right, so that that about covers visualize. Next up is express. So to go through the different parts, we're breathing, we're resetting, we're assessing, we're visualizing. Now we're ready to express. So this part used to be called enjoy because I wanted to remind people to kind of why they were doing it and to approach it curiously because I think that's very important um, and just continue continue with that learning focused mindset. But I realized that oftentimes, you know, maybe we need to express pain. Maybe that's part of why we need to yell sometimes because, you know, that freaking credit card crimp hurts, man. So you got to yell a little bit and that's okay. You can express frustration, you know, put it out there. It's okay to be frustrated. We just got to know to come back. But most importantly, because it really it, it is easy to get frustrated. It's, you know, easy to get let down, but... I think we need to start practicing gratitude and seeing it almost like a muscle. So if we're going to work our, say we're working our finger strength, we all know that hangboarding is going to make our fingers stronger. Working on expressing gratitude and just paying homage to those that are helping you in your climbing process and just showing gratitude within yourself for doing something awesome is super important. And I think gratitude will come easier after you practice it. So that's kind of why I'm saying practice gratitude as a muscle. Another bit is to express what you actually mean. 
I think it's really easy for us to get wrapped up in everything that doesn't really matter and express that and put that out in the world. When it comes to climbing, that may be like, man, that hold sucks. <laughs> or being like, this climb is horrible. Like, and just dogging on a climb in front of like one of the setters. And it's like, okay, maybe, maybe you just have work to do. And if we go through the different aspects of this acronym, we can express what we actually mean. Because you don't want to put out, you don't want to put out negativity if, you just don't want to put out negativity. But if you're putting out things that you don't actually mean, that's just, just a waste of time for everybody. Now the last bit, and is very important to me, is expressing your full potential. And that means being vulnerable. So that means showing people what you're capable of. But that also means you're going to show people what you're not capable of. But that's okay. That's powerful. Have you ever noticed that no matter the difficulty of a climb, if somebody's trying really hard, people watch and they recognize it and they cheer for it. That's because it's awesome. And it's, you can feel it. You can feel the meaning in it. So express your full potential, be vulnerable, practice gratitude as a muscle. So let's go back through it one more time. We've got breathe, Reset, assess, visualize, and express. So go through, go through this acronym and put some of these, put some of these ideas into play and, and just see, see what happens. See if it helps. Remember that always start with the breath and I'll always end with gratitude. All right. Well, that's what I wanted to go through this week. Um, I'll be in Japan, Kyoto, for a week. So there won't be a podcast next week. So we'll skip a week. But I'll see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you later. Thank you.